0: Welcome to this episode of Tea with Triggy. It's great to have you here. This is a podcast where I catch up with friends and people that I find fascinating. I check that they're doing okay and ask for tips to help us stay at home more comfortable. This week's guest is the incredibly talented singer, actress and really a Scottish treasure. The one and only Lulu. Well, hello, Lulu. Oh, hello, look. Twiggy. <laughs> you look good. I love your frock. I know I've you, you know just it's told me funny. you wear it on holidays,
1: but that's it's funny. funny. I never wear frocks, never. But it's no, so... I've never seen you in a frock. I, used to, I, I never that... wear frocks, and I've got a frock on. Yeah, it's too hot. I need to let my legs out today. We
0: are talking on probably the hottest day of the year, <laughs> maybe <laughs> the century. because it forward. might
1: be <laughs> the hottest the first and the last. No, so that's, we we that's might make negative. Now, That's I know it's so
0: hot, but I'm uh, I'm drinking a lemon and ginger tea. Do you drink tea? Not a lot, no. But I didn't think got you got would mind.
1: I no,
0: didn't, I, I don't think, mind. I didn't think that was really a prerequisite for coming on. But I just, like I mean, some people I've had, I've talked to, um, they, they say, no, I've got,
1: I've got a glass of gin. So. Oh, lovely. Well, <laughs> I'm, so. I am alcohol-free, so that wouldn't happen. But what I do have is I have water. But actually, you know what, now that I think about it, well Nearly almost every day, I make my own chai because you know I've travelled oh. to India for many 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 years. I know you have, and I so I grind my cardamom seeds, my cinnamon, and uh, in a pestle and mortar, I boil oh, them up wow. in the water. This is how you. This is the, so if you've got your pens and your pencils, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you can take. And you to want me. to know how to make <laughs> real chai. Wow. You, you, you have the cardamom seeds, you grind them in the pestle and mortar along with cinnamon. And uh, you can put a little fresh ginger too. You can either peel the skin off or not, but just a little bit. Um That's as far as I go. Then I put it in the water and I boil it. Then I let it simmer for quite a while. And then I actually taste the water and it tastes of cardamom. One of my favorite Herbs is cardamom or spices, whatever you want to call it. And uh, then you put after you've let it let them boil, you then put the tea bags in and you just simmer. Or as my mother used to say, you just let it steep in. So you leave the (laughs) you leave the 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 ordinary tea bag in. Yeah. I mean in fact in India they use tea, they don't use tea bags. And then the key though in India is lots of sugar and lots of very, very milk. Yeah. Well, I use uh, oat milk, and if I sweeten it, right now I'm off sugar. But if I sweeten it, I use honey. But you try that, and you keep trying it until it tastes how you like it. Oh, and okay. um, yeah, so that's what I. In fact, I do drink tea. I was telling you, I was lying to you before. Yeah, you were lying. I'm pretty much a coffee girl.
0: <laughs> so I think the last time we saw each other was... When you, me, and Joe, lovely Joanna Lumley did that thing at the, um, was it Cadogan Hall in Chelsea? Yeah, was it for,
1: for the Telegraph? Or? Yes,
0: it was yeah, so we much had a lot. And you, you sang. You were brilliant.
1: Were we saw, yeah, I had got a couple of my band to come up and yeah, it was do a kind of a kind of unplugged set. It was well, great. well, two or three songs. It was really nice, but the it whole was, atmosphere was great.
0: It was great. Just so the yeah. listeners, what it was, it was the three of us, Joanna, Lou, and me. <laughs> And they it was an audience. The Telegraph
1: hosted it. And we took they questions. got to ask, ask, ask yeah. us questions. It was hysterical, yeah. wasn't it? Well, it was great because we, you, me and Joe, have known each other for a long time. So we were immediately comfortable. Exactly. And actually, can you stop you, me or Joe from talking? No. no.
0: It's amazing. Three <laughs> It's amazing any, any of us got a word in. I know, I know. But I think that was the last time... We saw each other, mm-hmm. and you were about to go off because we were going to have a. We had a bite afterwards, and you said, "I can't, I can't come and eat because I've got to rest my voice." Because you were going, I was on, on tour. tour. So on you tour. were being a very good girl and resting that that beautiful yeah. voice.
1: Well, you have to. I mean, you have to. Yeah, you I know. Have to I know you do. You have to be disciplined. I mean, I know from shows that you've done, you must have had yeah. to. You Absolutely. know, like last year was it last? Year? Maybe it was even the year before I did Forty Second Street. Yeah, I know. And literally, there's no going out for dinner. Uh, people come back and you have to kind of make it fairly quick to chat to them because when you have eight shows a week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know the voice gets tired and there's nothing worse than chatting. Actually, chatting on the phone is even worse. It is. So one has to be very disciplined. I mean, I, to be to be around as long as as you or I have, you've got to be disciplined. That's yeah. for sure. And Pete, you have to have a routine. You have, you have to yeah. have a regime.
0: Yeah, you have to work your – I remember when I did I, – the the biggest show I've done musically was on Broadway, in the mid '80s, and you you, you literally work your day for the show, don't you? And there's you nothing else to, exists but the show. When you, no, when you That's eat it. and when you sleep. That's and it. when if people don't understand that, usually people in the business understand that you can't go out and chatter. You know, if you're singing eight or nine
1: songs in a show eight times a week, you've got And to. doing lines and doing dialogue yeah, and also right. all the effort that it takes, you know, the physical effort, the mental effort. And, and then when you go home, do you sleep immediately? But I think if you're going to do any work, serious work in life, one has to be disciplined. And Absolutely. I've i always always said that the key to, to uh, I mean, not the key, but what comes from being a disciplined human being is freedom. You Absolutely. become free. Yeah, you do. Because then you're, you know, especially if you're doing something you love.
0: But also, it, 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 if you are disciplined, which you are, and I, I think I am, it, it does give you a longevity. Mm-hmm. You know, People often say, you know, how how have you managed to keep, you know, going for so so long. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, part of it is luck and getting the right thing to do. But it's also being in disciplined enough to, you know, look after yourself, eat properly, you know, turn up on, you know, when you read about people doing shows, and they, they suddenly only turn up for three shows a week, you know, what's that about? It's just, you know, if you can't, Cope with that regime. You shouldn't do it. I don't think. Not
1: if you want to continue. I think if you're the new kid on the block and you're the hot, you know, hot item, mm-hmm. you're the hot potato at the moment. You can get away with murder, but eventually, you know, you're They'll not. They'll find be you able out. To... Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you when, know when people I... are going to say, "I oh, can't wait," she never turns up. We can't do a show with her. Yeah, exactly. She only does three three shows a week.
0: That's right. Yeah. But did you love
1: doing Forty Second Street? You know, it's funny when I was asked to do it. <laughs> I said, well, my manager first, you know, Steve, he said, yeah. well, they've, they've come to me. I've got a request here. And I think I know what the answer is. He thinks he knows me, Stephen, but he doesn't. <laughs> um, but he said, I think I know what the answer is. And I said, yeah, well, what is it? He said, it's a musical. I went, oh, because I have said, and it's dangerous to say these things because, you know, things change in life. Yeah, I don't think I ever want to do another musical because I had done three and, um, I thought, well, I've done that. That's nice. I could cross that off my list. And <laughs> I am not a theater show kind of person. I was born into rock and roll, the blues, black American music, and not British white. I, thought, I think it's in,
0: in your bones, Lou. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it is. So I was never really, you know, like a lot of actresses love to do musicals. Anyway, so cut to the chase. He said, they've asked if you would go into 42nd Street. And I said, Well, he said, yeah, I thought not. I said, yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. But let me, let me not just answer quickly. Let me come back. Can you go back to tomorrow? He said, yes. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and I thought, you idiot. You should, have you seen this thing? I haven't even seen it. So I thought you should go and see it. Maybe it would be an interesting because at that point I had been taking acting classes with a fine, fine acting coach for two years and thinking, you know, that one day I'd like to do some serious acting and um, studying Meisner, you know, studying all the great uh, acting teachers. And um, I thought, you, idiot, you should go and see the thing. Maybe this part has got something that you can use. Anyway, I went along, said my acting teacher too. And we both looked at each other. We went, I couldn't make this mine. So yes, I went in and I, then absolutely loved it and I'd only agreed to do like three months or something like that and then I thought I should have stayed for longer but your answer to your question short and sweet is I really enjoyed it oh I'm so glad it's an
0: amazing show it's such an uplifting show And it's mostly about the
1: dancing show. of course
0: I know but it's but it's the whole show as a piece you know yeah thing. it's great to be a part of something as that, joyous as that yeah and that's why it's been around for so long it's uh-huh. a brilliant show and it works yeah. you know shows like that carry on forever and ever and ever
1: mm-hmm. and then it did help me to exercise what I had been studying and uh, mm-hmm. you know so I was able to Dorothy Brock the way I felt and you know mm-hmm. usually when you go into a musical this is what I hear um not that I've had that experience before but this is what I hear that if you go in after someone has started the part you have to do exactly the same but exactly and of course I said well, I wouldn't want to do, play her like that. And I would like to, if possible, can we adjust the end? Because I feel it's the, the, the ingenue and the old star are not connecting. And I I think I I would like to connect more and blah, 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 blah. And they looked at me and they put their eyes to heaven and they let me do it. Did but they? I, had to, Quite right. I had to show the writer and director what I meant. And I said, you know, if it's not possible, it's not possible, but I feel it more this way. And he said, show me what you do, and I did it. And he let me do half of what I wanted. So that was kind of a good exercise for me, you know?
0: So now, going going right back, you grew up in Scotland. Sorry, did, sorry about Glasgow the accent. <laughs> it didn't sound Irish at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not known for me me, me accent. <laughs> well, I never stop
1: with the accents. It's kind of irritating, I think. To
0: can you do lots of different
1: ones? I can. Yes, I love accents. That's love Brilliant. Them. I Was love it mimicking. Re- you know, because it's, a, it's, it's yeah. a lot to do with the fact that I have an ear. i say you've it, got an ear. Yeah. yeah, I didn't learn learn music by reading.
0: Did you start? I mean, you've got. I I have to say this because I think you've got one of the great voices. Period. Not only in this You're country, so kind. But, oh, it is. It's and it. The other, the brilliant thing about your voice, it's immediately recognisable as you. It's unique. Nobody sounds like you, and that <laughs> I think. It, no, it's true. Oh. You know There's so many Lovely songs come out But you often think Oh wonder who's singing mm. Your songs You know it's Lulu And that is a unique That's very nice Thing that Thank a few you.
1: people have Yeah And I think it is right I think it's true If you can instantly Recognise a voice yes. Then you notice They have a place Absolutely They have a place Because because actually A lot of people Because I mean I, I went mad for You know My people I like Were Ray Charles Um Uh, In fact, my father used to, because, you know, race, he went through a period where he was, he was on heroin. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, and he was singing, you know, uh, I believe to my soul, trying to make the best of me. And my father used to say, that man, because I was playing the records morning, noon and night, is always (laughs) mourning. And I looked at my father like, what, you're such an idiot, you don't know anything, you know, but really... That was the attraction to me that he was able to sing like from the darkest place in his soul. And it has so much feeling to it. Um, and I don't know where this is taking me, but I, I was I, I had just... Thought, but did you... This is st- what happens when you turn 72. You lose <laughs> track of what you're talking about. I have to say you look bloody amazing. <laughs>
0: um, did you start singing kind of... Are you one of those that started singing before you could walk? I mean, was it just...
1: yes. yes. Yes, I, I was. I could sing, you know, as soon as I could talk, I could sing. But I know where I was going with Ray Charles. But what I was going to say, because you were talking about individuals having distinctive uh-huh. voices and yeah. rec- being able to recognize them. So many young, I went crazy with delight when all the girls, all the young girls used to riff. You know, there was Mariah, there was Whitney and on and on and on. But then everybody, all the new kids that came up riffed the same way and you yeah, sort wanted to say to them, Oh, now they've taken it a little too far. Of course, being the great judge and jury that I am, you know, you know like you, you do critique people for sure. And um, and I analyze everything. But I thought, you know, so if you can do things that are like the person who influenced you, but also keep a hold of your own something. Exactly. But maybe that's in the timbre of the voice and that you yeah. can't change, yeah. really. Not
0: really. Is going back to when I first became aware of you, obviously, was Shout. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, how old were you? You were really young, weren't you? Yeah, well, I recorded it was 14, but they did, couldn't <sighs> put it out till I was 15. And wow. um, yeah, I mean, I was actually talking to Fern Cotton the other night, who uh-huh. I adore, Fern. And she came on my Insta Live and I kind of did what you were doing. I was interviewing uh-huh. her and asking her questions. And she also started at the age of 15. I mean, that is, you were the same. I was just 16. Well, yes, yeah, same, same. You know, and I think there's so many people. What's interesting to me is how, if you do well in your chosen work or in, and in your life, how do you manage to do that? What do you do? What's your routine? What's your regime? What do you, how do you hold on to it? You know, and I was getting a few tips.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> That's hysterical. Oh, because she's she's, so she's oh
1: my god, she's unbelievable. She's unbelievable.
0: I don't I don't. I mean, I've met her once, but I don't oh, really know her. But she's, she's gorgeous.
1: I mean, the way she she knows everything. She's interested in everything. She doesn't she hardly sleeps. That's part of it too.
0: She hardly oh, I'm, sleeps.
1: No, like my, I'm a great sleeper. So
0: <laughs> I die without my sleep. I can sleep for if I'm left. I can sleep for
1: eight and a half nine hours. Yeah, you're laid back. I was always a little bit more like Fern, a little bit like you know, I think anxious probably was the word. Really? So always on the go. Yeah, I, I hid it well, I think. I, I think was you cool. did. I
0: always just, I always think you're just very up and happy and bubbly and positive, and that's what comes out of you. I would never, I would never have known. I mean, I, I was always incredibly in, um, introverted and shy. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn to get over that because of what happened to me, which was as big (laughs) big a shock to me as anyone else. You mean your success? Yeah, when I was discovered and thrown into public eye. You know, you are suddenly, as you know, you're like you were, you're thrown out there. I was terrified the whole time. I was
1: fear-driven. Yeah. But I I tried not to show it. I was always trying to put on, you know, like that act.
0: I think you learn a technique to cover it.
1: It's like Beyonce says, You know, she's Sasha Fierce when she's on stage. You know, I am Lulu Fierce. Does that work? (laughs) Lulu G, just call me Lulu G. Oh, that's a wee bit Indian though. But um, I I have my persona, which is generally up because I have, like, say, Fern, a lot of energy. But at my age, of course, it's slightly different. But she is um and young not just firm but i notice a lot of young people today have this focus You know, they're very focused. They're Mm. very, uh, I I mean, because my daughter-in-law is roughly the same age and she's very disciplined. She's driven. She's constantly on the go. Homeschool the kids, not that it was easy. She found it was really tough. You know, they can't have iPads. They're not allowed to have their phones. And then when they do finally get them there, it's like certain, certain, only a certain time in the week. And, you know, I, I, I mean... And and she's she's very very uh, busy in the business with my son, you know. So she's not like she's only at home. And I believe me when I say only at home, that's a big job to be a mother. At oh, home. it's. Amazing. But I lo- I love talking to young people to find out how they manage today. You know. But talking
0: of your family, and like, I know your son Jordan had his first little girl before Carly had her first child, That's my right. daughter. That's and I right. can remember meeting you, so I can't remember where we, were. we bumped into each other. And you said to me, oh, Twiggy, you don't, I am so in love and you don't know what it's like. <laughs> I remember, and, I, and oh, of course really? I hadn't experienced yeah. grandmahood at that point. Yeah. And I knew when Carly, please God, had a child, I would feel love. Yeah, but well, you're I, such a great when, mother. Oh, you're very
1: that. maternal.
0: But I didn't know that no, feeling until no, she don't. gave birth to Joni, who is the new love of my life, my five-year-old granddaughter. And I know and I thought of you actually when it, it did. when it hit me, it hit that you was... like a bow, oh, my God, yeah. how can it's you love. Feel? It's oh, unconditional It love, is. isn't it? Aren't they amazing? It's just but you told you a story, I think it was on one of those morning telly I think It might have been on Good Morning, I can't remember But you told a story that really made me laugh About being in the car with them And you started
1: singing along with the song And <laughs> she told said, you to stop singing <laughs> She said, Nana, don't you sing, you spoil it Because <laughs> <laughs> that's my son's favourite story, of course yeah. That is so. Meanwhile, during this COVID period, you know, uh-huh. Bella, who is now ten, oh, she's a little bit like her nana. Um, she's a little bit like me, and I think uh, I think Alana is probably the similar. My daughter-in-law. That's why um, mm-hmm. we just we love each other. Um, she became quite anxious. And, in fact, called me and said that she was she was very very sad, and I really feel. You know, right now I know how lucky do, doing this whole thing, how fortunate, you know, someone like you or I, we have a house, we've got a garden, you know. There are people in other countries, you know, people who are living. Look at Syria. I mean, I it's know, just I, it's, my heart I know. breaks a little bit every time I hear I a story. Because they're not about, only coping
0: with the virus, but what how they're living they don't have any drugs, they They have have no drugs and they're
1: all living on top of one another. People who have apartments like flats where they, you know, they can't get out and they've got kids. I know. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable this time. That's why I also love that we're talking now. That's why I went on Insta Live and started to talk to people because I needed to, my whole life I've been an entertainer and I need to connect. I need it. You know, it's like, my mm. life's blood. And so talking to Bella and how at the kids, how hard they find it, you know, she said, I'm so sad because it's not fair. Teddy's uh, best friend, his his best friend's parents are easier, you know, about the whole thing. They have a different way of dealing with the COVID virus than my friend. My friend's father's got diabetes, so they cannot play yeah and they can't go out so she was so sad so I started to make up stories about I had theories I had theories about how it was going to turn out and I made up these stupid stories and I said to her, but I will tell you these stories as long as you don't tell anybody because you know we know I'm mad but we don't want everyone to know so already she's <laughs> laughing and already but I really felt sorry for how it made her more and more and more anxious yeah and I live, ne- I live next door to Ronnie Wood, and his twins are over the garden wall. Aww. And I, they said to me, Lulu, maybe when the virus is over, we can come and visit you in your house. Aww. I said, you know what? We're coming to my garden now. So yes. I've got a little tea party planned with them because it's Aww. hard for them. But at it least there's, there's the two of them. I mean, Bella was just couldn't. Just was sick of it. Well, I think
0: it's hard because they, they can't see their friends.
1: And, That's the main thing. And we all need to see each other because when we see each other, we see each other's expressions. That's why it's so amazing to be able to go on Zoom and FaceTime and all that. So technology is a, has saved our lives. It has. Because can you imagine this virus without 20 years ago? Yeah. No. Would have I'd be been. climbing the walls. Yeah, I'd be more of a basket case than <laughs> I am today. <laughs>
0: Now, I want to ask you, you've done, what? well, you've done so many things, but one thing that so many singers must want to do is you've sung a Bond theme. Oh, yeah. The
1: Man with the Golden gun. Do you Guns. want me to sing it for you, Twiggy? Oh, man, somebody, you go. No, 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 no. My, <laughs> somebody, somebody said the other I can't believe they asked you to sing that Bond song on, on, in the, on Instagram. And I did. I sang it without any music. And really, I don't think, I really don't think I got the best Bond song. I think a lot of the others are way better than the one I got. So really? That's, that's but it me. must have
0: been so thrilling to do a Bond
1: song. Oh, it was. You know, oh, my goodness. Oh, it was. year mean, was that,
0: do you remember? No, I
1: can't remember. Anything. What was it? What 70s. You know exactly? 70s? It must have been. Or 80s? Yeah, it would have been the 70s, definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember that Jordan was born in 77. I have to judge everything from there, you know. That's I was, do that because he was like, like, Exactly. But um, I think what was... To be honest with you, I always had a crush on John Barry. I have to be honest. Aww. I'm old enough. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I can admit to that. I always thought John Barry was too cool for school, and he had that amazing um, was it John Barry Seven? That's right. It was just so brilliant. And then, of course, the double whammy was to work with him and to be singing a Bond song. And, of course, my, the guy who wrote the words for To Serve With Love wrote the words for a lot of those Bond songs. So Don Black like, wrote those lyrics, and I record them. But I do judge that some of the other songs were even better. Some of them have been amazing. So I'm, I'm very, very honored to be one of the people. And I haven't sung it for years, but, you know, the last tour I did. and I Did you do love, it? I, yes, I put it in. And, of course, everybody loved it. You
0: know? Do you always do To Serve With Love, I hope? Always, yeah.
1: Oh my god,
0: yeah. that film! Oh, I love that film so much, and that song. But I've told you one of my favorite—you, I made you laugh a long time ago. I told you one of my favorite songs you ever did was called "Best of Both Worlds." Oh and, you, and I don't oh even know god. how you know it because it was oh never released here. It's one of my—I love that song.
1: It was. I a don't know when. America. Uh, Best of both worlds. worlds that's what, that's you, what want. you want. Oh, your home way. That's not oh, my way. Yeah. You know who recorded that after me, which Da-da-dee-da. was kind oh, of Who? Because another guy I had a crush on when I was like quietly. Nobody knew I had crushes on all these guys. <laughs> Scott, although I think Scott Walker might have known
0: because I told. Totally oh, I so. I had a crush on Scott Walker. Who did Oh, uh, we lost him recently. That now that's another great unique voice.
1: I mean, world's oh. to world world, that's world. I mean, it was so deep. Oh, I've got beach. to look that up.
0: Do you think you can find it on I'm iTunes sure or something? It, yeah, yeah, you will. Mind you, I don't know, think it'd be better than yours. I, mean, I just love that what song. Do you want? I've
1: got no money. I can't <laughs> even <do> it. So.
0: <laughs> but I told you this story ages ago and you really laughed because you, you said I, nobody I, knows that song. Well, not but in this I country. Get, I get obsessed with songs. And yes. once you're obsessed with a song, you love it all your life. And that's, that's one of mine. It's very I, I, true. I, who wrote that song? Can you remember? It's such um, a great song. Yes,
1: it was Mark London was one of the writers on it. And maybe, maybe Don wrote the lyrics. I'm not sure, but it's around the should... time. Oh, you know, Paul, who's sitting next to me. Look, he's, up, look, look. he's not that close to me, folks. He's, he's not that close, but he's in the same room. <laughs> He's looking up, he's Googling it. Thank God for Google. Oh, God. My, my, my sister-in-law, her name is Gabby, we call her Gabby Google. Believe me, there's <laughs> not a question she cannot answer because she's Gabby Google. Google. Gabby Google. Gabby <laughs> <laughs> Google.
0: The other thing I wanted to ask you, because I did it as well, did you enjoy doing um, Who Do You Think You Are? I mean, I watched yours. It was brilliant. Or oh, did you not? I, I loved found, it. I found it quite emotional.
1: I know you did. Um, And you know, one of my, well, my closest friend died last year. Her name was Peggy Lipton and Peggy, she was a beautiful actress, American people like Michelle Pfeiffer. They all like would bow down to her and say, we are not worthy because she was the first one who looked like that and was an actress, you know, and, um, she looked like she was a model. Well, she was a model to start with. And then she married. Qu- she was that huge, in that huge TV series Mod Squad. And then she married Quincy. She had the two kids. But um, why have I gone talking about Peggy? And I've gone on a tangent here because we were talking about Best of Worth World. Kind of no, point. we were
0: talking about who do you think you are?
1: She did it. That's why Oh, that's about. right. Because they Thank did you. an American version. i to take you with me everywhere. So you, oh, that's um, all right. About- I'll come with you. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. But, you know, she's um, uh, Jewish and Irish. Uh uh-huh. So her and Rashida, you know Rashida Jones, you know yep. the actress Rashida, is her daughter. She's my goddaughter. They had to travel to Eastern Europe to find their heritage, and they she was devastated. It was so. I mean, you said you loved. Who do you think you are?
0: I love doing it. I mean, mm. mine was a bit sad as well. I mean, my mm. great 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 grandmother went to jail. Oh, I think that's exciting. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> she used to put, They used to call it passing coins. What's that mean? Well, they'd they'd make counterfeit coins. And they were the big guys. And then they'd use women, poor working class women, to take the coins into shops, buy something small, pass the coins over, and then they'd get the change. And they'd give that back to... The big guys—they never got the big guys most of the time, and no, she got so the two. women were the ones. She got Aww. two years, but the wonderful part when but she because came because she out, had no money, she had to do something. Yeah, like she that. had a child, and she was—you know—well, she had a few children, and she ended. She did go to the workhouse for a few years, which was that. Did was she have a part. have a husband? He he'd done a runner, right? So she right. had—you know—they had no yeah. money. They were yeah. starving. Yeah, that the husband couldn't cope, probably he mm-hmm. left she was I left with, and one child died in the war i mean it's pretty horrible but the nice part of the story when she came out of jail um and we we they couldn't trace it there was a gap of um 10 years till the next census by that time she had a, a, a boarding house and they we can't work out how she got it whether she rented it because the guy the researchers said most women who came out of jail in those days ended up on the street.
1: And well, she probably had a wealthy boyfriend that you Maybe. Well, she would, rent, I But I would want her. I would <laughs> want her to have. Wouldn't you have a healthy benefactor? I mean, a handsome I'm, benefactor uh, or wealthy, should I say? Not healthy, but then she, went, she rented rooms to policemen, which is what's so funny. That's, that's a turning point. I mean, my father was uh, used to also be on the meek, you know, when he was in Glasgow, he would, he worked in the meat market and used to cut me bits off and sell them to butchers and oh, make yeah, a wee bit yeah. of money. Cool. You had to do what you had to do, mm-hmm. you know.
0: But well, did you grow up? It was it a very working class background yours? Me,
1: poor, poor. Of course it was very poor. Or cause... I would never say we were poor. No, never. Would... We were like everybody else. Yeah. We didn't know anything else. You know that was the that was how everybody we knew lived, and yeah. somebody had. had a little bit more money, maybe because the husband and the wife were working, but you know, it was my, I I hated going to the pawn shop for my mother. I hated it. And I hated doing the, I used to have to take the washing in a big sheet and throw it into a pram and wheel the pram to the steamy. And anyone who's from Glasgow will know what the steamy was. It was a you know, you have laundromats. This was hundreds of women all doing their washing in these big industrial
0: machines
1: and drying them. And my mother used to make me go. I used to say, you think I'm your servant, don't you? And she'd say, yes, out, go. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, that's the kind of family I came from, but I I never felt I, I wanted for anything. I didn't. I mean, I had an interesting childhood, but that's a whole other. It's like a you know long, long story. You know, I had a very troubled parents, and okay, rather you know my. And did
0: you have brothers and sisters?
1: Yes, I was the eldest of four. Okay, and uh, there was a lot of my parents would fight mm-hmm. violently, mm. and um, I would be in the middle of it, and I had to become. I felt. I think I grew up very, very quickly because of that.
0: Yeah, you had and, to.
1: Uh, I mean, my parents loved me. Don't get me wrong. But they came from broke, you know, like families that were, they didn't get a lot. They mm. came from tough, hard, pressed families. And um, so they gave us what, what they had to give. But they were, I would say they were damaged, my parents. So it was, it was like, that's the kind of background I came from, but I think it gave me a backbone. It made me strong. You
0: know, also you're, we're, we're about the same age. So you're presumably your mum and dad lived through what my mum and dad did, which was the war, war. years. Yeah. And it certainly damaged my mum because she, she had, she always suffered with, we used to call it her wobblies, but she would. She probably was kind of bipolar. She suffered terribly. She was with
1: See, I think my mother. Yes. Yeah, so your mother was never diagnosed. No. Well, no. They, they'd say she she no. had medical depression,
0: and she'd be fine for months and months and months and months and up and bubbly, and then suddenly something would happen, Ooh, and she ended up in the mid. I mean, I was a little girl. I don't remember because my dad was so protective of me, and of her. Knew, yeah. But she would go into hospital, and at one time they gave her shock treatment. Which you know is pretty So did your mother have those very high extremes? I think yeah, I mean I my memory of her, you know, was that she was a lovely mum and I loved her and she you know, we were really close. But Mm -hmm. I do remember going her going into hospital but I was never worried because my dad was there and my older sisters were there yeah. and they protected me.
1: And you were, so the, it baby. Was, oh, you were the baby. You were baby, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. my My elder sister's 15 years older than me. So she was like a second mum. Different. Well,
1: you see, that with me, I was the eldest and there were so, three yeah. under me. And my mother was never, ever diagnosed. But, of course, now, when we talk about it, my mother was depressed a lot. Yeah. And in the the uh, late 50s, early 60s, she took slimming pills to, yeah, speed, excuse me, yeah, speed, exactly. and she would be, and Closing. we would have to deal with her manic craziness, and then then the other times we would, uh, she would be, um, could get out of bed, but she was never diagnosed as ever having anything, not even depression, and then of course my mother actually became kind of, she was always and always a seeker, you know. So we have all, as a family, always wanted to know the reason why we're here. That's why I've, I've studied with the Guru since 1984, and I've I read and I I really studied a lot to find a lot of answers in my life. And. Mm-hmm. Change the things that I needed to change, and then not change things that I, you know, knowing that I didn't need. But to to, to grow, to develop, to learn, I'm curious. But of course, we all now know that my mother was depressed. Mm. Nobody mm. ever, ever, and you know, if my mother ever went to a doctor that she'd say, oh, well, the doctor gave me the medicine. And, then I, and you'd say, what was the, if he, I don't think we even asked what the medicine was. Today yeah. you'd say, what is it? What are you taking? Yeah. Yeah. How many milligrams? How many times a day? That's yeah. too strong, blah, 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 blah. You know, or this is not working for you. Don't you need to go? Then nobody asked questions. No, we, you know, found,
0: we found out many years later that mum, my mum was given sleeping pills that were so strong. And when we kind of looked it up. Like, had a long lasting
1: effect on her. Yeah. So
0: you were only meant to have them for the maximum of six months and she'd been on them for
1: 25 years. Oh, my God. See, now that's, what, that's the kind of conversation I kind of, you know, like with Fern, because I am interested that young people today can go and get, you know, they can get, if they have problems at home, if there's some symptoms, if there's something, if there's a, a condition that they're aware they've got or someone has mentioned. Today, as a young person, you can get onto the computer. And if you're older and you don't know how to use it, you can find out locally that there's help. There's help out there. My mother didn't know there was, and there wasn't really that much help. And your mother, probably the same. And also, you know the basis of it all? Shame. Shame that we weren't perfect. Well, I have some of that, but I mean carried shame for my mother, you know, but
0: my mum got pregnant with me when she was forty. Mm-hmm. And she was so ashamed. She didn't talk to my dad for three months, apparently, because she she thought crazy? it was disgusting that a woman of forty got pregnant. I mean, um, once I arrived, she was fine because of course, yeah. You know, she i looked was, at your face, was, and that was that. Yeah,
1: look was at the, face. I was that i Just the, look at it.
0: I was that. I was the baby, and I was spoiled to death. Of course, and you were Only gorgeous.
1: Well, I don't. And and you you have a very. I mean, it must have been a blessing for your mother because you've got yes. such a sweet personality.
0: But that's too. it. Was the shame? What would what she said? Apparently, because my elder sister told me this because she was 15 when I was born. And she said she can remember mum saying to dad, what are we going to tell the neighbours? What will they think? (laughs) It's It's
1: unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, I mean, that's what's so great about today. Today, things are open. You know, you look at uh, the situation with black people today. You know, we are now talking about, you know, it used to be, oh, that only happens in America. Mm -hmm. Kobe you'll be you know our engineer is a, is a beautiful black man is is you know you you I used to think that only happens in America it doesn't really happen in this country but in fact it was under a carpet yeah it was not out it wasn't spoken about and of course today it's so much healthier that we talk about it because then, if you talk about things, one hopefully eventually will find a solution. It's the communication. It's finding the empathy. It's finding understanding the issue. Young
0: people today, who are, who you know go on the demonstrations, feel very, very strongly about you know making it right and 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 bringing it all out,
1: so thank, thank God. God for young people who are willing exactly. If you're willing to change, this is a really important thing is to not get stuck. I always pray. I tell you one thing I used to pray for. I used to, pr- I believe in prayer. So I believe in God, and I'm not afraid of that word. You can call it whatever you want, your higher power, whatever you, but yeah. it's God. For me, it's God. So I used to pray when Jordan was young, please God let him marry a girl that gets along with his crazy mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that anything is. else for him because, well, first, if you think about it as a mother, if he doesn't marry a girl that likes me, so we're not going to see each other very much. No, well, I don't true. see him. Actually, I hardly see him at all. But you don't see your grandchildren. I've heard too many stories about that. And it makes for a family. Well, the, my daughter-in-law loves her her mother-in-law and I you know I am able to see my grandkids as much almost as almost as much as I want and um, it's just a a fantastic thing but young people because they're open they're not stuck they are what happens is you teach them and then they start teaching you so the great thing is that young people are open and they're they're, they're ready for change I love them they inspire us yeah change change Mm
0: So you you are probably the envy of so many
1: girls in the world because you went on tour with um, Take That, didn't you? I've done so many. Well, I've done several tours with them, yeah. yeah. And, of course, I am the envy. But what really worried me at the very beginning when I was 40 was that do I want to go on tour with these young guys because their fans are probably going to go, God, what do we want her for? You know, at 40, I was thinking they're thinking she's an old woman. Of course, it was not like that. They would go mad. And I had the most marvelous reception. People were very loving. But I just did a tour with them last year where I got the best and the biggest entrance and the best and the biggest exit of my whole career. <laughs> I mean, I came around on it was like, I don't know, 60 feet up. And it was like this sphere that was 30 feet wide, 30 feet, you know, in its its height and its width. And it came around and it opened its mouth and there was I. And, um, of course, I didn't start off with the middle. I rather what, what was it? I'm going to, let me hear you say yeah. And the audience went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it started. It was oh, electric. I can't even. And tell the, this was
0: in stadiums, presumably. 35,000 people every night. Oh,
1: my goodness. Were you nervous? Not in the slightest. <laughs> I was excited to do it. Well, I say that, but I think the first night my knees started shaking. I thought, what's wrong with you? I thought, it's not nervous so much as it's excitement because yeah. I was about 100 feet up, you know. 60 Ooh. Feet up. That's good. And it was so much fun. But I like the way I was ner- I was thinking when I was 40, I'm too old for this audience. I went on when I was 71 or 72. <laughs> I don't oh, think about but, that minute.
0: Yeah. As I said right at the beginning, you know, you you're you're one of the great voices. People <laughs> so love sweet. you. No, it's true. And also I and, love it. I and love they appre and I think all you know, the last time I went to um a McCartney concert, half of the audience were, you know, 20 year olds. Yeah, that's the it thing. was our age group, but then majority yeah. were young. The, the new people that discover them. They love that
1: era of music. Yeah, the old ones. And, well, and you course, are part of that. Of course, I mean, when I think how I used to listen to people like Muddy Waters mm-hmm. and, you know, I loved Etta James. I was going to say Etta James, but she actually was my age. But um, who were the older female singers? Um, oh, Jules Holland. Jules Holland and I used to love... God, and I've forgotten her name. See that? There you go. That's what happens when you get to this point. <laughs> you forget, and then you you leave the situation, and then you go, "Oh, I remember
0: now. You oh, must, yes. you must, I mean, you must love like Ella Fitzgerald and
1: all the classics. I do, I do. But I was, I was loving Ella about it, particularly for her technique. The technique was in, insane, mm-hmm. uh, but I liked a slightly, ro- lo- I mean, loved slightly rockier, bluesier, but I loved it. Who didn't like Ella Joe? Yes. And also Sarah Vaughan, who Sarah Vaughan, she, amazing. she actually mentored her. I mean, today, though, there's so many great kids out there. Oh, my Some Some the many great voices. Are oh, they are unbelievable. I mean, Sam Smith to me. Isn't he wonderful? And I mean, what about Adele? Let's not forget <laughs>
0: Adele. Yeah, it's interesting because all your kind of favourites are kind of,
1: Bluesy, jazzy, rock—rock rock, like it's got to have a rock and a blues edge to it—and go slightly gospely. Oh, that's interesting. Because it's always been black American music. That's it. That's where it started for me, and it still okay. continues. So, anybody British like that, I like.
0: I love, you know, Joni Mitchell and all the folksy end of music. That's well, my. You have
1: favorite. to, and you have to appreciate Joni Mitchell because oh. she's such a brilliant writer. Oh. Well, she's a I poet. She's a drink poet. Drink A case of you, darling, i would still be on my feet. I would still be on my feet. And her vibrato. Oh, you
0: you should do that in concert. What about Lady Gaga? Oh, Oh, she's insane. She's brilliant. She blows my brain. So many. So many. Oh, but so she's many also. Great young did people. you say a star is born with Lady Gaga? I mean, her acting. I was, did. Oh. No,
1: I was blown away by that.
0: Yeah, I voted. I wanted her I to win blown. everything. I thought
1: she was. Who um, won that year?
0: Who I can't then? remember, but she should have won. it, I think. I can't remember who won it. But she was so. I think there was so much hype around
1: it. In the end, I wasn't yeah. bothered.
0: But she was so unlike. Her persona, in she stripped down, and she was just—I just—she blew me away. It was
1: amazing. It was absolutely. She is a great actress, but she's such a great talent. I mean, you've seen her. I don't know, she plays piano. I know. She she writes. She's I a know. great writer. A great. And writer. I love. I have great admiration for songwriters. Rihanna. Oh, Rihanna. Riri. Yeah. Priy is the one because <laughs> she has got such a. A tune, like her attitude yeah. is like out of control. <laughs> I love her. You know, she's just and she's because she's an island girl, she's got such a sort of laid-back feel about her. Do but you then, write do you write Write? Yes, I do. I mean, the first song that I really wrote with my brother was a big hit for Tina Turner called I Don't Wanna Fight. Oh wow. And um then, then Cher held a song, Bonnie Rates just done a song. Ooh. And um yeah, in fact with my brother and I that's part of the thing my brother and I've been doing during this. We've been writing. Um Well
0: that's it's, exciting. It's, it's
1: awkward though. Is
0: it's it? awkward.
1: Well I wouldn't have him in the house, you know. So we'd be <laughs> doing it like this and it would conk out like it does. And then we'd yeah. get annoyed with each other. But we would finally he finally came and he sat at that end of the of the the room and I was this end. And I've got big open doors. So we and we've got somebody coming in, like an engineer who's gonna Put it down on his little machine and play for us, and we're going to put a couple of things down. So, do you,
0: do, does your brother play guitar? Neither of us play. Oh, okay. So, we you do things up just in
1: our heads, which is kind of. And weird. then you record it, and then. Then we record it. We have yeah. to get, yeah, musicians get some sort of feel arrangement, and we're always sort of like faster. We, we walk very fast, we talk fast. I don't know how musicians put up with us. <laughs> we're kind of crazy. But it's a great thing to be able to write songs and, you know, I mean, I remember when I did, I did a song, it was called, take me where the poor boys dance, back to where it all began. I need to find out who I am. Something that left back there, out there in the cool night. And that was all about our childhood. We wrote the song and we were saying that really the way it's come out. And then we realized that it was about our childhood. So that's why it's great to work with my brother.
0: Does he go on tour with you when you go on
1: tour? Not anymore. He used to. He used Uh, to. When I did The Man Who Sold the World, you know, the David Bowie song. uh Bowie sang the harmony on The Man Who Sold the World. That's right. So Billy would come on tour and do that with Uh, me. Oh. Take David off. Oh. That That was was a loss. That was a great loss. Oh.
0: Unbelievable! That was a good so loss. so sad. He yeah. went far mm. b- before his time. Yeah. Another great great talent. Because he again, he's another one like you. You know his voice. The first two bars, you know, it's Bowie. Yeah. Nobody yeah. sounds like him. His music was like you know, and that that that's a unique talent. Yeah. And that's why. But he,
1: Elton's still going. Mac is oh, still going. I know. I know. The Stones are still going. I mean, look at that Mick. You know, he had a little. Problem with his heart, got a stem, and he's like, I'm ready to go again. <laughs> yeah, we went to see it's him.
0: Because actually we saw we saw Ronnie uh, um and Sally, his wife, at a at They live right through here. See right here. I know, right that's so here. funny. <laughs> and um this is about a year and a half ago, just before they were playing Twickenham last year. Oh yeah. And I had I said I was sitting next to Ronnie, who I've known for years, and I said, I feel really a shame because I've never seen the stones live, aren't they? And he said, Oh, wow, well, I'm gonna put that right. We're at Twickenham, you know, next month. And we went, Oh, my oh, oh, I see. Oh, so it was so good when it finished. Lee, oh, my, you, so you know, my husband, Lee, yeah. he said, I he said, Well, number one, we could hardly hear because it was so loud, but oh, really, he
1: said, I want to grow up and be Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> when I grow up, I want to be Jagger, I get it, but you know, I saw them in Hyde Park probably five years ago. And I couldn't get over how
0: amazing. Oh my what? it was but it, the they sound, were, um, not like
1: yours, the sound was Perfect in Hyde Park. You know, one of those summer concerts?
0: Oh, yeah. I think we were, it was at Twickenham Rugby Ground, and we were very, the VIP bit was right up the front, and we were right next to a speaker. And I'd taken, because Ronnie had said, bring earphones because it might be quite loud. So I'd put mine in, mm. and Lee was loving it so much, he forgot and he didn't put his earphones in, and he couldn't hear properly for about a week.
1: <laughs> but he said it was worth it. <laughs> Every minute. I mean, there's nothing like live gigs.
0: Come back, oh, come back, bring um, back live gigs. I bet you can't wait to get out there.
1: Can't wait. You oh, know, I it'll just happen. can't. I live to do live gigs. In fact, I did. I did a gig with Ronnie last, just before we shut down. He was at Shepherd's Bush, and I got up there. Oh, I was just before Christmas, actually. I okay. got up and and did some um, Chuck Berry with him. Oh, how fabulous! Yeah, you're amazing. Fabulous. Well, we all it. are, the fact that we're still here. I we're suppose. still here. <laughs>
0: yes. yeah. And that's why we've got to look after ourselves. And you were exactly. right, we've really got it because, you know, people are behaving like this is over. It's not, you know, we're no coping way. with it, but it's, you know, I think, I, I, I think until they get a vaccine, it's going to be, you know, up and down,
1: up and the down. The point is we don't know. No, I know. That's the whole thing. So it's best to air on the side of caution. Absolutely. I- now, before we finish, I want to just give you a few bars of Relight My Fire. Oh, I think okay. we have to go out with a bang. I was just don't you? Ask.
0: Right, we're going to go out with a bang, and Lula's going to sing. All right, let's give it one. Go, for it, Lou.
1: go on right. for it. Are we ready to go? Okay. Yeah. Relight My Fire. Your love is my only desire. Relight my fire. Because, baby, I need your love. Ooh.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> what an end. <laughs> I love you. Oh, yeah,
1: love you too. Give <laughs> Lee a big hug from me. A virtual hug to yeah, me. Yeah, he
0: sent a virtual hug to you. And
1: same to Kylie. Uh,
0: and as soon as we can, we'll get together.
1: Come here, I'll do supper and we'll have Ronnie and Sally.
0: Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah. When we're allowed to. When we're allowed when, to. When, <laughs> when we're allowed well, I would hope to. by this
1: time next year, I'm very optimistic by this time next year, we'll be able to do things like that. We I, might have to eat with our masks on. But... Oh yeah, do you think it'll be that long? I don't think we're gonna get very far, very fast. And I, even if we, we kind of come out of, of lockdown, in the new year I still think that we will have to use masks a lot and yeah I do but that's
0: alright listen in Japan they've been wearing masks for years would never hold me back no not me Like masks are <laughs> not gonna hold me back <laughs>
1: uh, anyway I yes, love you love. A, thank you too. for
0: doing this oh it's my
1: pleasure but on a serious note you're absolutely right everybody be safe be, yeah, be safe. be well and stay forever young
0: Wow, what a blast. Gosh, I love Lou. She's brilliant. What a voice, that voice. And I i meant what I said. It's such a unique voice and a lovely lady to boot. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you've enjoyed listening to Tea with Twiggy, please take a moment to give us a lovely five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people to find the show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast so you auto-magically get the next episodes for free. And do tell all your friends and family about it too. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy, or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye.